When is the last time you listened to a podcast about web development, web design, and small business and didn't fall asleep? Yes, we cover web development, web design, and small business, but like actual human beings with personalities. If you're a beginner, we're not going to talk over your head. It's more like asking your buddy for help. We have guests, we have fun, and let me tell you, these two can get off on a tangent. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to HTML All The Things Podcast. This is Matt Lawrence and Mike Curran. That's right, everybody. We are back, and this is episode 140, Weekly Growth Goals. I'm Matt, that's Mike, and this week we'll be talking about one of our new segments from the, in the show, the weekly growth goal segment, but specifically we'll be talking about the app that Mike's been building for it. Now, if this sounds interesting to you and you want to support the show, go check us out on that Patreon, leave a review or rating on your podcast app, join us in our Discord server, or share this with your friends. And now, Mike, you've been working on a weekly growth goals app because the goal of the weekly growth goal, and we'll get into that in a second, but the goal of the weekly growth goal is to improve upon yourself, whether it be via personal goals uh, professional goals, just for fun goals, which are more like personal goals. Just every week, do something. Hey, you know what? I've been putting this off. Put that in the weekly growth goals, whatever. So Mike's been building an app to sort of keep the accountability literally live and public to an extent. So he'll be explaining that. Uh, and I'm sure he'll explain some of the technical stuff as well, uh, maybe here and there. So Mike, please, sir, tell us all about your a new app that will be launching in a beta to some extent soon yeah absolutely um and i think like just like you broke down just now like the the reason for the weekly growth goals i want to just kind of touch on that first so why weekly growth goals we had matt and i had issues with like keeping track of how how we wanted to progress our skills how we wanted to progress our personal life and stuff like that and we had a segment before on the show called weekly pain points which was kind of like Similar to weekly growth goal in the sense that we were like trying to do something or struggling with something and we eventually like overcame it or whatever, but on the negative side and we decided to flip it to the positive side where we can be working towards something throughout the entire week and actually have an accomplishment at the end. And not only have, and not only have just like that segment there, but because we say it on the podcast, because we say it to each other, we kind of give each other that like, you know, extra step that we need to do that weekly growth goal and then not only do it then have a conversation about how it went the week after and that really kind of solidifies the reason that you do it what you gained out of it and uh, the actual accountability for accomplishing it now we haven't accomplished every single weekly goal that we set for ourselves but with that comes kind of the fun banter of like oh you suck and all that which is fine because that's the kind of like situation we want to put ourselves in where if we don't accomplish it uh Usually it's for a good reason, but regardless, we allow the other person to kind of, you know, uh, go after them a little bit and also allow the community to if they want to and get get everyone involved. So that part of it, like the community part is where my head started to go like, you know what, I really want to get the community involved. I really want to get our HTML things, you know, Discord server involved and all that. And initially we were like, we'll just put like a Discord uh, channel on there and then people can talk about their weekly growth goals and that's it. But to me, I was like, you know what? I've also been thinking about a couple of different things, like a couple of different app ideas that I want to do. And I want to be able to track what weekly growth goals I've accomplished. I want to be able to track what other people have done uh, in the group. 
And uh, I want to be able to like kind of encourage other people to continue with their weekly goals. So I want a place where all that's kind of kept together. In a Discord group, it's kind of just jumbled in a long thread of messages. Uh, so it's a little bit hard to, you know, go back and be like, oh, what has this guy been working on? Can I help him with that or something like that? Uh, whereas with like an application that I can develop myself, it'll be a little bit easier to have some perspective on what people are working on, what people are struggling with and be able to help them in some way, shape or form. So that was the motivation. It was to kind of get the community involved, to promote the weekly growth goal theory of being that like little thing that you do every week that will better yourself or make you happier or get you somewhere that you weren't the week before. And it's always, it's always about that like micro accomplishment or that uh, micro habit that you can pot potentially form. Not every goal is going to form a habit. Not every goal is going to lead to like some great thing. But for instance, I had a goal where I was going to write show notes. We, for a long time, we just kind of, because we didn't have a site to put the show notes out, we didn't really put that, put effort into them. We didn't post them anywhere. So we didn't have show notes for the show, which I was like, you know what, I'm going to change that. And I was, one of my weekly growth goals was to write show notes for the show. And what I did was I literally every day wrote a show note for one of the previous episodes. And that formed like a good template for the show notes, a good habit in me. And every day I wrote an episode, I wrote an episode, I wrote an episode until I got to the end of the weekly growth goal. And at, at the end, I was like, you know what, this is easy for, for me now. And every week since that weekly growth goal, I've actually written the show notes, released them on Dev.2 and uh, done that like every week. So it's it's formed into kind of a habit that's been very positive and been great for the community, great for people that are looking for like timestamps, people are looking for the, you know, the key takeaways of an episode real quick and stuff like that, and just getting ourselves out there on another platform, Dev.2. So it's been positive in many respects. And it's also keeping me driven to kind of work on my writing skills and maybe uh, go out and start writing more blogs and stuff like that. Because now that I have that habit of writing, it's easier to, you know, sit down in front of a blank page and go at it. Because before even getting started, that was the hardest part. And that's why this weekly growth goal really is to get you started uh, and get you in the form of a habit and get you in the like kind of the, the mindset of like, okay, I, I want to get better at something. It's not going to happen overnight. But maybe I can take that first step over this week. Yeah, I, I think I think that's a good it's a good way to put it because the weekly growth goals app is is I would say different than a lot of goal setting not apps but a lot of goal setting initiatives where I find that a lot of goal setting initiatives not, initiatives not that I'm going seeking out these things but they usually just kind of pop up as motivational things here and there and stuff like that on Facebook and TikTok and God knows where so I have a small sample size but kind of the general feeling I get is that people want to build better habits and build better this and that. And all that stuff's great. That stuff makes sense. I'm not saying that, you know, having good habits is a bad thing, but I do think that the weekly growth goals is supposed to be almost like a casual goal uh, app or a goal initiative because your goal this week in your weekly growth goal could be, you know what? I haven't played Call of Duty with my friends in a really long time my weekly growth goal this week is to play Call of Duty with my friends at least once tonight, once, once like in an evening t this week. And that's, that's different than, Hey, you know what? Like you could be spending that time running your business or you could be spending that time researching. You could be spending that time reading. And some people love those growth 
things, of course, hence the weekly growth goals. And those can be your goal, your goal. Like, Hey, you know, I'm going to research affiliate marketing today. I'm going to research new keyboards because mine's getting crazy and I can't type properly and it's hurting my productivity. You know, it could be something that helps you physically, mentally, whatever, but it can be something that, and this might just be like a mental break too. So it could help you that way. Playing, playing call of duty with your friends is actually important to take a break. Sometimes if you're a person that's constantly in that sphere of, I have to do better. I have to do better. I have to keep reading these books. I have to keep running my business, this and that. Yeah, I get it. I'm not saying don't do that. We do that. I get it. But having that night off, having those few hours off really does help your mental state. It really does give you a break and it really does give you something to look forward to as well. And the thing is, is if you're sort of a night owl like me, most people aren't. So what I often do is I will get off uh, I'll do a little bit of work in the afternoon and then I'll get off my my computer or off my work laptop and I will go and I will go and play a game with a friend for a while. They'll go to bed at 10 or 11 and then I continue working. Now, I realize that not everyone's growth goal is going to be gaming, but the point is, is that you don't have to do whatever it is you're doing solid and that that's like solid the whole time, all afternoon, all night, all evening, all throughout the morning, early hours of the morning. You don't have to do that. You can take these breaks. And that's kind of where the thought of weekly growth goals came from, because there'll be times where I'll be like, you know what, tomorrow's a big day and I really don't want to do X task tomorrow. I'm going to put this game down, stop watching this movie, stop doing whatever I'm doing. And I'm just going to spend that time doing it now. And I've said it a hundred times on the podcast where I will personally spend crazy, like crazy hours with some people would say something that's all stay up to 7 a.m., doing something, right? But now I'm not going to have to do it the next day. It's just done. And now the cl- the client's happy because I send them an email and they have it, you know, well before they've even woken up and gotten to work, this, that, and the other thing. And it's the casualness of those goals. And it's the casualness that we're trying to capture. You know, we, we don't want to be that driving force of, hey, you, you, you made an extra $200. Why are you spending that going to the movie theater if you're allowed to do that right now with the, the times we have. But like, why Like, why are you spending that going to the movie theater? Why are you spending that on a new computer part? Why are you spending that on a new game? Why are you spending that on, on a, a, a new improvement to your car? Why are you doing that when you should be investing in yourself? But your weekly growth goal could be, no, I'm putting $200 aside because I really want this thing and I really want it to be a casual thing and I really want it to be a mental break for myself. And I think that these growth goals whereas they can be form and having they're like it because they're so loose they allow you to choose a goal that you 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 know really want to do yeah absolutely i think the loose nature and the casual nature of these growth goals will allow it to be more just a, a little bit more attainable because a lot of people really get bogged down with the structure of like a habit program or something like that, like a full, you know, read a full book, get all the, you know, record everything that you do during the day. Like I've literally, you know, read books where they told you to, you know, follow exactly these steps and then you'll have a habit going. And sure, if you have the motivation, if you have the time, that's totally doable and it's totally, it's great. Awesome. But a lot of people don't like a lot of people have families, a lot of people have jobs, a lot of people have everything. And they just have so much mental luggage on them that like just following a program like that is just too much for them. And I think a start, a great start and a great way to kind of get in the motivation and get in the, in the habit of get making yourself happier and making yourself better 
is through an easier, more casual way of doing it. And a weekly growth goal is definitely that. So we want to appease to those people that are having trouble, having trouble starting something, having trouble, you know, taking a break, like Matt said, having trouble doing stuff that they just really want to do because they just don't have that motivation. They just don't have that mindset that like, I should do this. Like that, that, that whole idea of like playing a game with your friends it's absolutely nest like it, it's super awesome to be able to do that because not only are you entertaining yourself, you're relaxing from your job, you're relaxing from learning and all that. You're also connecting with back with your friends. Who knows what that could relationship will bring in the future? Like it's a it's a good it's a good thing to have people to talk to. Like a lot of a lot of the times, my even myself included, I've had a situation where I've worked so much that I had zero time to talk to anyone, like other than Matt. And I felt terrible because like people were reaching out being like, I want to hang out, but like that, that's a bad thing. Like I should be, you know, putting active effort into my relationships, my friendships. So it's one of those things that like we want it to be cross, you know, if people want to take it super seriously, great. But if people want to take it kind of casually and do some small things like that's superficial or whatever, we want that to appeal to them too. So that's why like this application isn't super structured. This weekly growth goal isn't super structured and it's probably going to stay that way. There's going to be some stuff that changes and we'll talk about that in the future. But uh, for now, it especially, it's going to be loose. Loose. If you have a weekly growth goal, great. If you want to share it, great. If you want to be part of our community, great. Let's do it if that's going to help you. If you want to just do it on your own and just use our nomenclature in your head, do that as well. No problem. We just want to kind of give you an idea of how you can structure your, you know, structure yourself and get yourself going on something that you you were been meaning to do. So with that being said, um, that's kind of the motivation for the weekly growth goals. I want to get on to the actual weekly growth goal application. So the goals of the application that I what, that I set out to build are kind of, there's a few goals. Get some more projects under my belt. So Matt and I had a conversation at the beginning of the year, like, what are we missing? What's the thing that's missing from our portfolio from whatever and we realize that really it's portfolio projects and like stuff that we've done because for the last two or three years I've been working on stuff that's kind of fully NDA'd I can't put it on my own portfolio I can't put it on the digital dynasty portfolio I can't even talk about it too much on hat like I've tried to talk about it here and there but I can't give like specific details which sucks because there's a lot of really cool tech in there there's a lot of really cool ideas there's a lot of really cool meetings that I've been having and it just sucks that I couldn't share that fully with with the audience and couldn't like put that on to my own portfolio, like my own GitHub. So it looks like, you know, for the last two or three years, I've done nothing, but really I've been working on uh, in-house projects. But the other, the other thing is, is that like we just wanted to be able to be more confident in ourselves. And one of the ways that we decided to do that was to bolster our own portfolios and the company's portfolios at the same time. So that was one of the motivations for the, the project. The other one, Again, like I said, try out some new technology. Like I want, I kind of always want to be at least at some somewhat of the forefront of the tech sphere. We are in a pot, we are like doing a tech podcast for the web development sphere. I want to be able to talk to a lot of the different technologies that I do talk about, but haven't used too much, right? So I wanted to be able to use them. So one of the things that I wanted to use extensively was a headless CMS. Uh, this time it turned out to be strappy. Last time I did a project, it was uh, sanity.io, which was also good. Uh, I, I wanted to kind of, work on deployment a little bit on my own because I have problems with that. I also wanted to work on design on my own. So I use some uh, design tools. I think I used Figma or something like that um, to design. So that's something that I've never done before. So I wanted to kind of go out of my comfort zone and do the application start to finish on my own. 
That was one of the, the one of the other reasons. Um, the other thing I wanted to do is I wanted to build something that I would use myself. So again, like I mentioned before, I wanted an application that could uh, that that would enable the community to be able to see what is currently active, like of what goals what goals people are doing, be able to encourage those goals, like be able to see how how people have done and be able to see how they've been doing in the past, like be able to keep track of the goals that have been that they've accomplished or the goals that maybe they didn't accomplish because not everything is going to be done. If the reality of the situation is people get busy, they don't finish the goal, but it'd be cool to see like what, what didn't I finish and maybe go back to it at some other point and stuff like that. Um, and then the, th- the last thing here is I wanted to create something for our community because again, having that meld of like doing something for myself, doing something for the community that we've made and getting great pieces of content out of it as well is a huge bonus. That's one of the things that, again, we talked, Matt and I talked about at the start of the year, like kind of everything that we do should be geared towards maybe making a content piece on it. So this is definitely one of those things that's like definitely going to generate not only one content piece, like it's already generated an episode, it's probably going to generate much more because as we deploy and as we build and as we change, it should evolve as well. And that those steps will be definitely documented in some way, shape or form. So the next thing here is what does the app do? So uh, again, I'm just going to list off some like basic requirements. So when you're creating an application, uh, the first thing that you want to do is kind of list off like what what are the things that you want this app to accomplish? And these these are very basic. Like for instance, allow users to sign up and log in. Like there's just a basic authentication system. Allow users to create, edit, and delete goals. That's CRUD. So I want to have CRUD op- operations in this application. Allow users to encourage other people's goals. So I have this system kind of like an upvote system or a like system where if you see a goal, you can click on a little like clapping hand or like I think it's like helping hands, little icon that's helping hands and it encourages their goal. And you can see how many people have encouraged your goal and you can only encourage like one goal, uh, not one goal, but you can only encourage a goal once. Right. So it, it, I have like set stuff in place for that. Um, you want, you want to allow users to see all active goals. So all the goals that are currently active, I have like a, da- not a dashboard, but that's kind of the initial view where you go onto the page and you see everyone's active goals. So it's just like a big list of goals and cards. And, uh, you can kind of get a quick overview of what everyone's working on that week. And that's, that's the idea. And it'll kind of evolve from there. Um, then you want to show users their own active goals, their finished goals, and their expired goals, right? So I have like a little dashboard dashboard called My Goals where it kind of breaks down all your goals into different categories. So one of those categories is active. So what am I currently working on? You can have multiple goals. Uh, what are the one of the goals that's finished? Like what did I recently finish? And the, the last one is expired goals. Like what actually didn't I finish that went longer than seven days, right? So I have an automatic system in there where like, if it detects that a goal hasn't been clicked done in seven days, that means it's done. That, mean, that means that you you didn't finish it. That means it's expired. Now, I'm not going to be super strict. Like you can, I'm going to let you delete goals. I'm going to let you like mark them as done even after expired. Like I'm not, you know, I'm not your parents. I'm not, I'm not a system. I'm not going to put a system in place that keeps track of everything that you do uh, because I want you to be the motivating factor as well as the community. It's yeah, like up. you can't sometimes goals get cut off. I mean, you could say, I want to really want to fix my car and then your car gets stolen. Well, like, does that mean you have to be punished? <laughs> like almost, you know what I mean? Like, do you really need to be punished because your car got stolen and you can't work on your car this week? You know, exactly. Yeah, I don't I don't, I don't want to be in a position where I'm punishing people for no reason, because, again, this is meant to be kind of a loose and introduction to 
habit forming or like just introduction to being able to keep track of your own goals. That's the that's the idea of this. This isn't meant to be like an overarching platform that like uh, makes sure that you're on time for every single deliverable and you know notifies that your superior about what you've been doing and stuff oh like God. that. No, like there's none of that at all. Uh, it's literally just an application that shows you what you what you've actually put input into it. I'm and not I'd like to say anymore. one other thing too is when you know you went through the the what the app does because this project is uh, more personal. You don't have the same requirement list that you would from a client. And I just want to point out something that it's incredible, and I'm sure Mike will attest to this. It's incredible how much uh, digital interaction stuff that we take for granted or just assume will be there that you don't realize that you 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 don't realize you have to build out until you get there. You're just sort of like, yeah, there's a karma system. And you're like, oh, wait a second. There's a karma system. It's just yeah. it's just one of those things where you just really don't think about. You just think like, yeah, I'll just click the check mark and it'll go away. Oh, wait a second. It's not like I'm using Microsoft to do as a background or a backbone here. I have to build that out. It's it's incredible how much in this digital age that we just take advantage. Like, why isn't there a comment section? Well, probably because a comment section is pretty hard to make, you know? That's a good point. Like, uh, and a lot of, like, I went down those rabbit holes pretty much every step of the way. And like Matt said, like, you don't, you, you really take everything for granted until you have to build it yourself from scratch or until you, even if you have, even if you have a tool like Strappy, which is a headless CMS that kind of helps you build the API portion of it. So even with that, and that helped me a lot, like that accelerated my development probably by at least two weeks, at least maybe even three because of how easy it is to set up APIs. But regardless, even even with that, every step of the way was like, okay, so let, let's go back to like that karma thing or the encourage goal, right? Uh, I was like, oh, this is easy. I'll just, you know, up, you know, every time someone clicks on that button, I'll have like a number in there and it'll up, up the number. It's super simple. But then I'm like, well, wait, I don't want a person to be able to just hammer that button a million times and get a million up uh, encourage. And I was like, okay, well, then now I have to do a system where like I have to detect if a person has already clicked on it and then not upload it. But then I'm like, well, that means that that system has to have uh, a, a like check in place every time someone clicks that button that checks across all users to see if that user is in that is part of that goal. Right. So what I ended up doing was I just literally when someone clicked encourage, I stored that user's port, uh, portfolio or that user's object inside of that goal, right? And all I do now is I literally count how many users are inside of that object or inside of that array. So I don't even have a number there that like increments. I just have an array that constantly gets bigger. And that makes it a lot simpler for me to do it. But for that to happen, I had to like think 15 different scenarios for to get there. And I'll eventually probably lower it to like not only have not have the whole full user, but actually have like just the ID of the user or something just so I'm not taking up too much storage. And there's going to be a lot of that optimization stuff that goes on as I'm developing the application. Because right now I kind of just did as as quickly as I could with as much polish as I could. But there's definitely some things that I've put to do's on to be able to eventually get a little bit more uh, refined. But regardless, it was just one of those things that I didn't even think of before. Like, I just like, oh, I'm going to have an encourage there. But it went down like three rabbit holes just doing that one little feature. And that's mm -hmm. that's a really good point, too, because, I mean, something as simple as we built in the past was our first sort of app-ish, whatever app-ish idea was List by Design, which is a Chrome extension, Google Chrome extension. And it's incredible, actually, 
how many little things we did that were like, oh my God, like you have to change a lot for this. Like, oh, I'll just do a dark mode uh, toggle. It's okay. Dark theme. Uh, no, actually, because <laughs> there's a bunch of stuff. And also, like, sure, that was pretty easy, but we ended up pushing an update that was actually messed up because we forgot to check one little tiny screen. And I realized, like, you could say, well, then just check your screens. I know, but it's just something that you take advantage of where you just think or take for granted where you're just like, this is easy. Like, oh, it's just a dark mode theme. Everyone has this. Yeah, well, I mean, most operating systems can mount hard drives. But I mean, do you know how to do that in like the baseline code? <laughs> because I don't. And I'm pretty sure you don't either. That's what I mean. Like it's and it, like that dark mode thing is like, OK, so they've clicked the dark mode. But now every time they come back to it, it has to stay that way. Right. That's something that oh, we didn't right. think yeah, of yeah. an issue. So it's like, okay, so how do we make it so that it's sticky? Well, now we have to use local storage. Now we have to use cookies. Now, how do the you cookies have to ask work? for another permission? Correct. Because it's because so it's like on the that. Chrome extension store or yeah. whatever. And so, like every little thing that you do, if you haven't, if you've never built it, it's going to be kind of a rabbit hole. Which is why it's so important to just go out there and build. It's not. Hard, it's not like super hard. I'm not. I'm not trying to like disencourage people from doing this stuff. It's not difficult. But it is something that you like, there are going to be things that you didn't think of that are going to trip you up a little bit. And the faster you get to building it, the faster you're going to get to those things and the more confident you're going to get building the next feature. And just going into a feature with the knowledge that, hey, I'm not going to know everything. And like just my initial thought of how it's going to be done is probably going to be different is going to be like a calming factor to it as well. Because like, if you go into it, like being confident, and then you get tripped up, that could be like that thing that stops you in the application. That been the thing that like stops you from building something next because you're like, well, I, I was so confident that I could get this done so easily and I, it took me so long or I didn't even get it done like because I didn't want to research those little things that were tripping me up that I did no longer want to do this. And I know some people that have got caught in that and it's kind of like, you know, you, that's part of being a developer. Like you have to be able to push through those situations and the faster and better you get at it, the better you are as a developer because again, every Every project is going to have that constantly, and it's always going to be things that you didn't even think of. So with that being said, a uh, couple of other things that I needed to do is, oh, no, actually, no, those those were all the, those, those were kind of what the app does. So again, it shows all, shows the users active, finished, and expired goals as well. There's a little counter there uh, that shows you how many you finished how many you finished and how many are active currently. I don't show specifically uh, the expired goals just because I don't want to rub into the person's face like how many go expired goals they have because it, it's just like, why do that? Um, the other thing is like, Matt, you brought up the comments thing. And I actually had in the initial requirements, I actually had comments in the requirements. And I was like, it's not super hard to build out. It wasn't a difficulty thing, but I went and I read about comments in applications like these. And everyone has always said that it's always a cesspool. Like it always goes down, comes down to just being a bad idea to include comments without any sort of monitoring, right? So you need, if you want comments, you need to have either AI systems in place for monitoring to be able to like, you know, take out common spam phrases, common. Uh, oh, I didn't even common, think of the spam. Oh Holy. yeah. It would just be crazy amounts of spam. Even with captchas and stuff, the people would just spam, spam, spam. Um, and Which is something that you already have to worry about because of the goals themselves. Correct. People's yeah. goals might be like, hey, man, buy buy this thing that I have on my Instagram affiliate link. So and it's like, well, hang on a minute here. That's exactly it. So uh, that that's going to be a, a, you know, a problem for future me 
because if this gets any traction, then 100% that's going to become a problem. Because right now I have no uh, barrier to putting a goal up other than creating an account. So you have to have like a, you know, an official email address and stuff like that to create an account. Um, I'm going to have verification of that email address. So it has to be official at least. So it's like at least something. But regardless, anyone can create an account and anyone can post a goal and it's instantly up there. Now, I have the ability to go into my backend and view all the goals that were created and delete them as I see fit. But again, that's human intervention. And if it ever gets to the point where the scales, which I'm not really expecting it to, this is a personal project that I've released on GitHub. So I'm not super worried about this part, but it's something that I've definitely had in the back of my mind where like, if it gets to the point where it goes bonkers, like people just love weekly golf goals for some reason, uh, then I'm going to have to have either a person monitoring all the goals or I'm going to have to implement this AI thing that I was talking about the comments. So again, back to the comments, like, is it really required for the application? These are the questions that you have to have with yourself. Like, do you really need these comments or is it just going to be a gratuitous feature that no one uses because really this, this app isn't about commenting on weekly goals. It's about just like keeping track of them. So that's why I took the comments out. Um, one of those things, like if everyone wants comments, I'm totally willing to put them back in and see where it goes. Like it's not a not a huge issue for me to add it, uh, but it's just this decision I decided to make to avoid that like extra extra place for spam to go, if that makes sense. Um, but yeah, with that, uh, I just want to get kind of get to how the process that I that I use to actually build the application. I'm not going to go through like every technical detail and every step that I took, but I just want to give a, a kind of a quick overview of what steps I took to build the application. Just so when you're building one, you have a, an idea in your head of what might be required of you to do it. And people do it differently. I'm not saying that this is the best way to do it right now. Um, I, until I actually go through and build like five or six more of these kinds of apps, which is the intention, uh, I'm not going to have like, you know, this is the perfect structure. So again, take this with a grain of salt, but it, it worked for me right now. So I started with wireframing and prototypes. And that's, again, something that I haven't done very much of. I haven't done much UI work. I haven't done much wireframing much, like at all. And that's where like I immediately started. So I built out like the general structure of the pages that I want, how I want the actual weekly goals to look, how I want the uh, the like, you know, the expanded goal view to work. So like you can go in and view a goal and see a user, all the users active goals currently and as well as their done goals. So as soon as you view a goal, you kind of see that. And I, I, I built out a bunch of screens, login, uh, like I built out a login screen and a uh, registration screen. I built out a bunch of screens and the next thing I did was I actually sent them right to Matt. So the advantage of having two people in a, in a, in a partnership, like in a business is that I have someone to bounce it off of directly. And Matt is a kind of, he is the UI UX expert for sure in this company. So I have someone to bounce my bad ideas off of and, uh, get some, you know, feedback and stuff like that. So that's, that's kind of like I immediately wanted that feedback. And that's one thing that I really want to do with this application. And that's why when, if people are going to be using it right away, I just want you to know that it's not fully refined because I want that feedback as soon as I possibly can. That's going to be the theme of this application is I want immediate and quick feedback because I know that the first iteration of it isn't going to be the final iteration. There's going to be plenty of like adjustments that I needed to make, plenty of uh, things that I didn't even like I completely overlooked that were a huge issue. And the faster I get it to you guys, the people that are going to be using it, the faster I can I can do those changes. If I just work on it myself and assume everything is perfect on my end, 
because I'm a genius or something, I'm going to get it wrong. Like I just know that 100%. I'm not a genius and I'm not a UI or UX expert. So I need, I need that information as quickly as possible. And the thing, the thing too is, I mean, at the risk of sounding like a broken record, that's another thing that we just take advantage of is we just think, yeah, yeah, comment system, this, that, and the other thing, it'll be mobile, it'll be great. And then you sit down and you're like, oh, I have to actually build these things out and I have to be the one that decides on the colors and I have to be the one that decides on uh, what I call the glanceability and the readability and I have to be the one that decides on how this like text loads in and what's hidden and what isn't and this and that and the other thing. And it's, it, it, isn't, it isn't easy. I mean, it is an easy period. And it's just one of those things where it is good to uh, bounce it off of somebody else, whether it's me putting it together as the expert, as Mike put it. But like, if we, if if it's me building something, then I need to bounce it off of Mike or someone else for sure. I think that that's or at least sleep on it, you know, something like that. But I do recommend when you're doing something that is not only subjective, because some people will like the look of your look of your UI and some won't, but it's also. Um, like there's a there's a metric to it. There's like a measurability of usability there. You know, if you have a captcha coming up every single time you move your mouse, that's <laughs> not good. And so it's like, hey, like that's not going to work. But you want to have the both both parties kind of chime in where some like, some person says, I hate the look of it. Six people say, I like the look of it. But everyone says, you know, logging in is a real pain in the ass. Now, you know, OK, there's a UX issue and a UI eyebrow razor something i'm just i'm gonna look at maybe this person just doesn't like this ui and you can't make everybody happy yep exactly and that that's kind of something you have to always take like i'm expecting to get uh, a lot of medium to negative feedback on this immediately and i want that as soon as i possibly can i'm hoping to get some like oh this is cool and all that and that's great or whatever like that's fine uh, send those, send those my way. They'll make me feel great. Awesome. But really what I want is you to be like, listen, I'm not going to use this because of A, B, and C. And then I'm going to, and then I'm going to take like as much of that feedback as I can and I make adjustments so that I can make that pro the product, the next stage of that product, something that you will actually use. Right. So that, that's the idea that I have right now with, with releasing it as soon as I possibly can. Um, but with that, uh, the next step after the feedback, I went out and I tried different tech stacks. So I didn't know what exactly what tech stack I was going to use. I knew for sure on the front end, I was going to use Vue, right? Um, I was thinking maybe I would use something like Nuxt or Gritsum, which are both static site generators or, or server-side rendering platforms, which allow you to kind of get that SEO benefit uh, with Vue. Uh, but in, in, in the end, I was like, you know what? I want to try Vue 3. I want to get more experience with Vue 3. I want to get more experience with the composition API and stuff like that, the new stuff in Vue 3, uh, because I'm a huge Vue 2 person, so I, I need to migrate at some point. And I decided to just go bare bones Vue 3. And then the next the next question that I had was like, okay, well, Vue 3 has a couple of different ways that you can use, you can build it with now. Like before it was only Webpack. Now they've built their own called Vite, which is like a web, it, it's kind of like Webpack, but it uses ESM modules uh, which means that whenever you kind of, you, whenever you save your work, it doesn't have to rebuild the entire application. It only has to rebuild just that one part that you saved. So the saves went from like a webpack save would be something like two to three seconds, sometimes five to seven seconds, depending on how big your project is, uh, all the way down to about half a second. So every time I save the, the changes immediately appear on my screen, it's great. Uh, now there, there was another uh, builder kind of like that called Snowpack, and I use that as well. So I built actually two little mini projects 
with both one with those different build uh, methods or those different build tools. And at the end of the day, I actually chose Vite because again, it was built by the Vue developers for Vue as well as other platforms, but specifically for Vue initially. And I had this little weird issue with Snowpack. Everything worked great, just like Vite, but with Tailwind installed, every time I made a change in Tailwind, it actually wouldn't take to take into effect on the UI until I restarted the server completely. Like literally stopped it and started it again. And that was probably a configuration issue on my end. Um, I remember I reached out on Twitter to Snowpack and let them know. And they're like, ah, oh, we haven't seen this issue. Uh, so it's, prob- it's probably something that I did. But regardless, I did kind of like the exact same setup on Vite and nothing, none of that. There wasn't an issue. So I went with Vite for that reason and for the fact that it's a first-party plugin for Vue. And then the back end, I was like, okay, well, I know... For backend technologies, I know uh, Node.js, obviously, if I wanted to build everything from scratch, or I can just go with something quickly and get a headless CMS set up, which means that I can get most of my API creation, like most of my like backend hooks for creating, deleting, and updating my data created for me, right? And then just kind of use those hooks, manipulate those hooks a little bit so that it fits into my specific application, so I decided to try Strappy right off the bat because I've never tried it. I've heard of good things about it. Uh, I believe it's Strappy.io as well. And uh, I was going to be like, I'm going to try Strappy. I'm going to try Sanity. I'm going to compare them. But as soon as I went into Strappy, I was like, okay, this makes sense. And I went through and built the entire project in Strappy, all the backend architecture, uh, all the backend hooks. And it kind of just stuck with me. And again, my intention was to go back and do Sanity as well, just to try different things. But since I've already done Sanity and I had great experience with Strappy, I didn't have any issues. I was like, okay, I'll just continue with Strappy. So that was my like process of picking my tech stack. I wasn't sure from the beginning, but I kind of whittled it down until the point where I was like, okay, I can get rid of the Snowpack project um, and I could just stick with Vue 3, Vite to build it, and then Strappy for my backend. So moving on, I did the next thing, which was uh, I created a base architecture on the front end. So I, you know, I've created a few templates, um, just really simple, you know, pages, uh, loaded some data, a little bit of data, just really, really simple stuff just to get something on the page. This is the part that's like the hardest because no code has been written yet. Um, nothing's been done. Your project literally doesn't even have a name and you don't have a Git repository, nothing. And you're just sitting in front of a blank page on a keyboard, right? This is the hardest part. So this part I needed to get done as quickly as possible. I made, I made sure to schedule it for like early in the morning. Cause that's when I get all my best work done. And I kind of powered through it really quickly, just got something on the, on the, uh, on the page. And that this part was the thing that motivated me to kind of continue working on it the most, because again, I really, I really hate this, the very, very beginning of a project when literally not even the folder has been created. So making that, is something that always like gets the ball rolling for me. It's it's the same thing with like working out, for instance. The worst part of working out is like putting on your gym shorts and your uh, t-shirt and doing that first like workout. Your head hurts a little bit and stuff like that. As soon as you get like get going, the first after the first two minutes, you're gonna be you're, it's gonna be better. Like it's just a better experience after the first two minutes. It's those first two minutes that suck the most, and it's the same thing with working on a, like a, a new project for me at least. After that, I went and created some backend hooks uh, for the weekly goals and authentication. So I went into Strappy and I kind of laid out like it, it creates a lot of the stuff for you, but you still have to modify it. Like, what do you want a user to be? Like, do you want it to have a uh, username, email, password? Uh, do you want it to, you know, 
how do you want the relationship to work with the weekly goals? Cause like if a user creates a weekly goal, you need to be able to sh- make sure that the, that there's a relationship between them. So I, I had to make that relationship. It's really easy with Strappy, but I, you still have to kind of do it your, on your own in a, in their GUI, in their front end GUI, but regardless. And then I had to make like a completely new data type called a weekly goal, which is just simple, rich text, uh, a date of when it was created, a encourage, like how many people have encouraged it. So an encourage array. Um, and the user that it belongs to essentially. Right. So that, and, and its status actually. So is it, is it done? Is it still active or is it expired? So I had to create that data type again, all through the GUI, all pretty simple to do. Uh, I can't really explain it really well over a podcast, but it is something that I'm planning on kind of putting into a video at some point in the future where I'll just kind of take you through quickly how to create backend APIs with Strapi. So let us know anywhere like in the in uh, Twitter at HTML everything or in our discord if you want to see something like that from us just a quick like API creation tool uh, after that I went in and started scaffolding the weekly goals page and the auth pages so I decided I picked like my my big pages the big pages that were going to be a pain for me to make and the one thing that I was kind of dreading especially was authentication because it's something that I don't have a ton of experience with uh, and I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to quickly get some, get the ball rolling on this weekly goals page. So I did that, pulled in the information from the hooks that I just created because I did some dummy data in there. And then I went and built, started building out the uh, off pages. So register and log in. And again, Strappy provides you with a lot of the code, like the, the, the hooks behind the authentication part, but you have to build out your own authentication forms, right? Like you have to be able to send Strapi all of the information. Like uh, if you're registering, it's username, email address, password, make sure you have like, you know, make the person uh, check their passwords or retype it. Um, and then you have to send that over to Strapi. Strapi has to send back like that. It's created it correctly. And you have to give some sort of a feedback, either take him to the, to the front page or take it like, you know, put a message out there that registered user com- like complete or whatever. Like there's a lot of steps that you would think are really easy. It's back to like Matt's Matt's way of thinking of being like, oh, everything's easy. We're taking it for granted. But really auth has so many steps to it that you take so much for granted. Like it's ridiculous because like not only that, there's like security. You have to make sure that all the passwords are saved and stored in, in the proper form. You have to make sure that you're not like sending it over an unencrypted network. You have to make sure that uh, you're storing the authorization bearer, to- bearer token in the right way because there's a million ways to you know manipulate the front end to be able to take advantage of the back end. Now, I haven't done every piece of security that's required for this application. I want to be upfront with that. Um, it is going to be on SSL. Uh, it is going to be secured with like your password will be hashed and salted. So it'll be, it'll be stored in transit and stored at rest. That's all going to be good. Um, but it is going to be stored like the bearer token for re-authentication is going to be stored in local storage, right? So theoretically, I think there are some problems with that, but literally I read through all the different methods and people were like shitting on every single method of storing a bearer token. So I was like, well, that means that you just can't do re-authentication. So that means that every time you refresh the page, uh, you're going to have to re-authenticate and like do a login again, which I didn't really want to do. I don't think that this has any critical information in it. And as long as I'm storing all your passwords in salted hashes, I don't think there's any problem there. So regardless, this is an critical application. I'm not controlling anyone's life vitals 
I'm not too too worried about the authentication. At least I'm no, used- no credit cards. You Correct. know, there's no there's no credit card information on here. Yeah, if I was doing credit cards, I would be doing it with like Stripe or something. I'm not. Or I'm not uh, you know, calling it. somebody to do it. <laughs> sure. Yeah. If I really wanted to go that way, but yeah, like I'm not I'm not building my own credit card storage database. That's just not going to happen. Uh, not not with like not with just myself. Like I would if I would to do it, I would hire a security expert to do it. You know, this is this is one of those things too where like I can't really comment officially. Like as a full disclaimer. I'm an onlooker. I don't really know anything about security. We were supposed to have a security course in college and instead or network security, I think it was. And instead of having that, we decided to the college decided to give us the third year solar panel course, which <laughs> which we didn't have the first and second year anyway, um, <laughs> because there were batteries in it. And apparently we need to know about batteries. I don't know. I don't know what that how that decision was made, but I don't have amazing. any. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just telling you right now that I do not have any formal security training other than the fact that I worked at BlackBerry, a very security centric wait, wait, company. Wait, wait, wait. but so can you it. set up my solar panels from my, on my roof? I absolutely cannot. I'm going to tell you that right now. Like I, I am a person that will jerry rig a solution, but there is a limit where I will literally say, by the way, if I do this, your roof's going to leak and there's going to be a fire. <laughs> and a potential battery explosion because I don't know what I'm doing, so I just won't do it. It's, it's um, about 100%. If, if we're setting up your uh, solar roof, I'm going to tell you right now. Unless in the future I get formally trained and get into that field, at this point in my life, I <laughs> it's cannot. It's going to explode. I, yeah, I cannot set up your solar panels, even though I took that one course. So I just want to, I just want to be clear that like massive grain of salt, my comments here. But the thing is with security things is I've looked them up before. Because I like I'm one of those people where I just randomly think like, you know what? I don't know anything about this. I'm just going to read a quick article on it. And I've looked this up. And like Mike said, everyone shits on everyone else's solutions. <laughs> and it's always like that. But here's the thing. It's almost like the same as opinionated people on anything where these guys are opinionated about security. So everyone is shitting on each other's things. I shit on Mac people, Mac people shit on me. You know, it's this whole, I don't like, I only use Linux in certain circumstances. So like that could be seen as like shitting on them. And it's just this whole like back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, where everybody is just sort of shitting on each other. Uh, That's kind of how it is. And it's really unfortunate when it comes to something that's, you know, potentially not in our case, but potentially vital like logins. Now, the thing is, is maybe this is why we're starting to see more modern solutions. Like you don't have a password. Uh, the Tim Hortons app as Canadian as it is the Tim Hortons app last time I logged in anyway, they had a thing where you basically type in your email and then they send you your, an email with your password or your code. And you literally don't have a password on your account. So if you get logged out, you just type in your email again and they send you an email and then you just log in. So it's almost like you're only logging in with the two factor and you don't hold the password. Now I'm sure someone's going to be like, that's worse. Yeah. Well, I don't know. As I've said before. But maybe that's why we're looking beyond the password. That's possible. Maybe that's why everyone's shitting on each other. I'm sure that'll get shit on too, but that's the way it is. The, yeah, the passwordless approach has honestly boggled my mind right now. Like, I get the Tim Hortons way of doing it. You just take out a step in the two-factor and you essentially leave the step that's more secure so you're making it a little bit easier so you don't have to remember a password, but you're still adding It's that, also like, verifying identity as well at the same time, technically, yes. as yes. much as you can without biometrics and stuff. Yeah, like it's probably better from a security standpoint. Well, it's actually 100% better to have both, right? To have a password and that. But if you were to pick one, it would probably be like the email verification or like an auth code. So I get that. 
fully understand user experience wise cool like you're you're secure and you're you only have one thing to do and, and they have and they have full control if if they find out someone has somehow breached that system they can i would presume log everybody out and stop sending codes immediately because it comes from their side and they could fix the problem and then tell everyone to re-log back in that's a good point too yeah that's not something i didn't even think of yeah absolutely so they could they could do that um the other thing is like there's crypto based authentication now that also is passwordless and i have i am not kidding i've 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 tried i've read the documentation i cannot understand a single word of the documentation in there it's it's unbelievable <laughs> how like it's like it's it's in english totally foreign language to me i can't i don't know if i'm just stupid in that sense but like holy crap i don't understand i don't understand how you can authenticate with crypto without having a password and it's still being secure how is that even possible is it like an app on your phone but then like that means that if someone has access to your phone, they have all of your password. Like it doesn't. I don't know. I I'm confused. Anyway, I'm, there was just like a little little tangent there that I, I I like researched recently and I got really confused. If someone is a crypto expert in our community, can they please reach out because there is a lot of questions that I have, <laughs> and uh, I'm just so lost with it. I um, I mean I, I I mean I would be interested in that too because like I'm not invested in crypto at all. Um, but I'm interested enough in it now. Like I'm, it's, it's kind of like in my face enough that I'm sort of like, well, I wouldn't mind learning about it as a jack of all trades. I ask a lot of questions, which is probably annoying. Um, I'm that person. I'm that client. If you're a repair man or a repair person of any, uh, industry, I'm that annoying person that stands there beside you watching you do it. Cause I, I'm, I'm legitimately curious as to what you're doing. And whenever I get my car fixed, I always ask What's that mean? Like, what's that part? What's that valve do? Yeah. Yeah. And so. like one, one of the things uh, we just had, we recently were on a different podcast, uh, the Solo Coder podcast, and that'll be released sometime in the future, but we'll link it on our socials. Uh, and it reminded me of one little thing, like the, he, uh, the podcast host asked us a question about like, how did Matt and I start working together? And back in school, when Matt and I were doing assi- assignments and projects together, a lot of the time in a project or group assignment, uh, you have like each one has their own responsibilities. You do it, you finish it, like you write the code, you write this section of code, you write that section of code, and uh, you're done, right? And then you just submit it. No one cares how you did it or whatever. With Matt, it was always different. It was always like I would write one section of code, he would do something else or write another section of code, and then he'd be like, okay, how did you do that? Every like almost every single time we had any sort of group assignments, and he was very adamant about it. Uh, and that's kind of like the, I, I think, in my opinion, the beginning of our like re- relationship to be partners, business partners. Because I was like, you're interested in actually learning this shit. Like you actually want to know this stuff, and you want to move forward, and you want to be better at it rather than just having a check mark, right? So that was the motivation, and. Again, that's like goes to your point, Matt, about you like looking over the shoulder of the handyman and being a jack of all trades. It's because you have that kind of like mentality of like, I just want to know how it works. Like I just, you know, if I have access to the person that's doing it, why not ask them? So that's why if you know crypto in our community, please reach out because I'm also kind of like that. And I also want to know, especially about crypto, I am a little bit invested in it and I do want to understand it better. Um, But off that tangent, off the crypto tangent, let's get back to the the weekly growth goals application. Uh, what did I do next? After I scaffolded the initial, you know, weekly growth goals, like general 
initial page where it shows all the weekly growth goals and the auth pages, registration and login, I found some good auth patterns and I made sure to implement them like uh, the actual like UI of the auth. I was having trouble with making a form look good. I found some really good design ideas on Dribble and awards.com and I kind of implemented them, made the like made the register and login page essentially complete. Those were the first two pages that were like, okay, these guys are checkmarked done because I wanted them done and I hate making those pages. So again, I typically take the worst tasks first so that everything else is kind of easier for me. And uh, that worked out this time too. So the next thing I did was I built out uh, feature by feature. So now that I had my hated tasks done, I kind of went into my Trello, listed a bunch of features that I need to build out, like, like you know, uh, edit weekly growth goal, uh, mark weekly growth goal as done, let users encourage other people's weekly growth goals, uh, let users you know, store weekly growth goals in a certain way where I can access them by their completion status. Uh, show show a, a page that shows all of the users' weekly growth goals broken down into different categories, stuff like that. Like, so I just broke down every part of the site that I thought I could think of into, into tasks and I started doing them task by task whenever I had time. Now, I had a bunch of other work that I was doing, so I, I had very little time between all that work. But whenever I could have like an extra hour here and there, I would go start up a task, make sure I finished it start to finish or as much as I possibly could do and uh, go on and move on to the next task while, you know, majiggering my Trello board. Um, after that, I kind of had something to show at that point. And I think it was last week, I think, Matt, where I bounced the initial functionality off of you. That was, again, another round of feedback right away as fast as I possibly could. It was still in kind of roughish shape. Uh, but yeah, I just about want- a week ago, I'd say. Yeah, yeah exactly. About a week ago. And and you gave me some good feedback, like what, what you would want and stuff like that. Like you wanted to have it so that when you um, log in, you see exactly where your weekly growth goals are. So I had like a little thin little uh, highlight around them initially. And you're like, well, I can't really see it too well. So I made like, I made it more bold and stuff like that. I had, and I made like a, a, a top hat bar and uh, I just, I just kind of refined it based on the feedback that Matt gave me. And then I was like, okay, well now it's in a state where it's like, it's almost done. So I just need to put the final touches on it. I broke down what final touches I needed. Like I wanted a newsletter sign up uh, for the hat newsletter. I wanted a, a header that says like, this is brought by hat just to promote the community. And uh, I wanted to touch up some color accents because it was looking a little bit dull and it still is. Don't get me wrong. There's still a lot to do in the touch-ups uh, category and I have some ideas. But regardless, it's still looking a little bit dull, but I decided to add a little bit of color into it, especially once you start using it more. Um, and I added a privacy policy because, again, I am going to be storing some information. I am going to have to do a cookie uh, pop-up because it's just required if anyone from Europe is going to be using the application, I am going to have to do that. The other consideration I'm going to have to do is that Europe, the GDPR requires you to store the uh, user information for five years. So I am going to have to look into making sure that I can, you know, export out all my, all the information and store it somewhere just in case, like, you know, this is a one-year project and I kibosh it. If for whatever reason, Europe asks me for the information, um, I need to be able to present it. That's just the reality of the web that we're living in. So I need to kind of think about that at least to a certain degree. Uh, the the only thing that I don't know about that whole thing, and I don't know if Matt, if you've heard of anything, do we? What if a person deletes their account? 
do we need to store that person's deleted account? Or is that the is the implementation of like that person deleting the account, it should be gone from the website altogether? Uh, to be honest, I'm not sure on that. I know that I read up on GDPR when it was first first came out, first whatever. And I know that at the time, because it was new, there was sort of, uh, I don't want to say panic, but there was sort of a lot of confusion as to what the what the different use cases were, because some people were arguing like, hey, I'm actually storing more information on people now when this kind of feels like I shouldn't be yeah, and stuff like that, this, that, and the other thing. So I don't know the real answer. I just know kind of what the vibe was at the, at the very, very infancy of the GDPR time. Uh, so I'm not sure on that. And to be honest, I mean, it's very possible that they will make you store the stuff. Uh, and I, and the only reason why I say that, and this is, this might be totally incorrect because I've been working on a project that's specifically for the government of Ontario or like specifically under their wing. It's not for them. It's for, it's under their wing. And there's some regulations around that that requires us store a certain amount of data uh, for people even after they're done using this particular app. So obviously Ontario is completely different than the EU and the GDPR, but governments are governments. So I wouldn't be surprised either way. But if you're a listener here, do not take my advice, like literally ask or ask a lawyer or do whatever you need to do. Ask someone who knows or research it because this stuff does get pretty confusing. Yeah, absolutely. So I think I'm just going to research it and see if I need to, um, because I do have the intention of adding a delete user functionality because I know a lot of the times, like especially with like a dev little project like this, someone will sign up, check it out and then delete their account because they don't want to, you know, be part, have their information stored on my servers, which is totally reasonable like i i completely understand that and i know that a lot of people forget to put that delete user and they have to take like like manual requests by email and delete them on their own which is doable like that's fine like it's not not the craziest thing in the world as long as your email is available but i i think i'm just gonna have a button in there to allow you to delete have a little confirmation box saying yes or no and that's it so i do want to be able to fully remove the user so as long as gdpr doesn't require me to keep them for five years i am my intention is to literally rip them out completely uh start to finish as well as all the stuff that they've created so that's my intention right now as long as it's legally allowed um so it's weird like these little things that uh it's a personal project i'm not intending to monetize it uh not intending to store any credit card information but even with that i i have it in the back of my mind that i don't want to be against any of any large countries' laws. So I wonder how this will be affected by any sort of other laws that pop up. Like, I wonder how complicated it's going to be 10 years from now to launch a personal project. Is it going to be like every single country has their own laws? So you're going to have to do like different, you know, detection of country, show a different privacy policy. I or mean, something. That, that is already kind of a thing because doesn't Brazil mm-hmm. have some sort of GDPR? I think so. Yeah. There's like a bunch of them now. Like, I don't know. It's, it's just. Well, here's the thing, though. Here's the thing, though. If you notice, this is a problem, right, that somebody will make an app for that will solve the problem for people like us trying to make a solution. There will be someone out there, a service, a company that will make something that's easily plug that will easily plug in. And Absolutely. I and for sure that already exists on WordPress. Yes. 100%. That will, you know, and, and platforms like that 
but there will be something where you have, and maybe it already exists. We haven't looked or I haven't looked. There is, there is. There yeah, is so a, there you go, right? There is a plugin. Um, there's a lot, there's a lot of them. There's a lot of generators and there's a lot of them that like generate you literally the code that you need to put in to have the pop-up and all that, or send it to their own site. Like there's like a bunch of different options. I looked into it. I'm going to make my own, like I'm going to make my own uh, pop-up and, um, yeah, like I'll, I'll just do it on my own just because I want, I want that experience. But there, there's so many solutions out there for that. You're absolutely right, Matt. The one thing I hate about this stuff too, is like, I understand the reason for some of this stuff and all the rest of it. I'm not talking about that, but I would love for when a law affects the consumer level, doesn't matter what it is, especially at this, at this stage, I would love for there to be a plain text thing. And maybe there is, like I haven't looked, like I said, a plain text thing that says, this is what you do on your website. Because it's actually responsible to try to comply. But yet it's sometimes difficult to find the information you need. And it's just like that age, age old thing uh, for it, it people where, Oh, just go read the spec. It's like telling us to just go read the law. This happens a lot in income tax in Canada where people will say, Hey, I called the CRA. I didn't understand how to comply with this law. And they just cite section blah, 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 subsection this, this, this. And it's sort of like, yeah, but I'm not a lawyer. So now I got to go get a lawyer. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, if you want compliance, I just personally think just write it in English, at least. Like, just write it so that it's like, blah, 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 blah. Here's all our technical tech, tech technical writing. In general, this is what you want. This is what you should be doing. Yeah, legalese is uh, is a pain in the ass. So it's a pain in pain, and that and that's not like a jab at the GDPR or anything. That's a jab at just legalese in general. To be fair, yep, absolutely. Um, with that, really, like that's that's about it for what I've done so far. But what's left is uh, I still have to deploy it. So that's a whole thing for me because again, I I do have experience with deployments uh, like this, but not a lot. Uh, I'm not going to be using Docker this time. So all the Docker fans. You can uh, you can flame me or whatever. Uh, I'm just going to be using a straight up regular VPS service. Uh, Strappy Strappy will be hosted on a Hero- on Heroku for now, which is a free service for backends. So it has it has some limitations, but I think I'll, I'll fit into them. And again, if it does need to scale, I'll move it or I'll pay the money. It doesn't matter. I, I don't anticipate having to do anything like that. I still need to test it. So I'm going to deploy it, test it. And I still need to write the readme for the um, the GitHub repos. Those are the three big things. Now, there's a million little things that I could do uh, that I'm not going to mention here because, again, there's going to be a ton of them. I will have them mostly listed in the Trello. Like I have a lot, a big backlog in there already, a bunch of stuff that I'm working on, and I'm going to be adding to that backlog. So I'm going to list it there. Um, and once I do launch it, I do want to get as much feedback as possible. So we'll have to organize something, Matt. Uh, I'm hoping to launch it sometime this week. So if you're listening to this episode on the day it comes out, it might not be launched, but look for it at the end of the week and you might see it. If you're listening to this in the future, it might already be out. If you're listening Wait, do we to have this. A, do we have a URL to tell people yet or not yes, yet? Yes, I already bought it. Weeklygrowthgoals.com. Uh, Bam. Bam. Super easy. Title of this episode.com. That's how easy it is. Uh, nothing there right now. Again. 
Uh, but hopefully by the time this is out, it'll be, it'll, there'll be something there. If not, again, by the end of the week. And if you're listening to this a year from now, hopefully this is a, a huge app that millions of people are using and we've Jesus. made millions of dollars on it. But no, I, I'm obviously joking. That's not the intention of the application at all. But regardless, hopefully you can, uh, you can check it out at weeklygrowthgoals.com. That's a good, that's a good URL, actually. Happy we got that. Um, that was a good call, Matt. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's the idea right now. Hopefully you can get me feedback again. I'm, I'm expecting some, you know, critical feedback. I want that. So don't, don't hold back too much. Uh, try to, try to get it in the right direction. If, tell me if you're going to use it, tell me if you're not going to use it, whatever. And, uh, let's hope that we can build something together. That's better than what's out there right now. Yeah. I mean, I'm excited to try this thing out. It's like our first uh push into like mike said earlier the whole portfolio thing uh it's our first push into the portfolio space of like us trying to actually make projects we want to make this is something cool that will try to keep you accountable for these goals these goals can be from anything from just a sort of recap from anything from playing a video game with your friends to doing a very serious business thing that you got to do and everything in between so I really hope this, you know, this actually does something for some people. Uh, it's a little bit of, again, accountability and such. And uh, yeah, I'm, I am excited for this. So, I mean, I'm sure we'll be uh, talking on about it in the Discord as well. So if you want to check us out on there too, we'll be talking about that. Uh, I'm sure it'll probably be a channel for it or something like that as well. But um, I mean, that's kind of all I have to say. Uh, Mike kind of knocked it out of the park, talked, to, talked a lot about what, what's going on. And I hope that this episode not only serves as sort of an almost an advertisement for our weekly goals, growth goals app, but also that it serves as sort of a, a high level look at making a web app uh, at the personal project sort of level as well. So, yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed that. And uh, I think it's time for our weekly growth goals, actually, funny enough. So, Mike uh weekly growth goals for this week yeah i mean everyone could probably guess it uh <laughs> it's to like actually deploy this application so technically my last weekly growth goal was launch the weekly goals application so theoretically i guess i didn't achieve that but i did get all the stuff done for launch now it's just deployment and uh, hopefully again the idea is that <laughs> by the time this is out which is tomorrow I'll have it out there. So as long as there, I don't run into any issues while I'm creating like the environment files, while I'm uh, po hosting it on Heroku, while I'm hosting the front end on Netlify and stuff like that, as long as I don't run into any issues, I don't anticipating it being like a huge effort. Um, so I'm hopefully going to get it out. But if not, then in a couple of days, I'll have it out. And the next part of it, and I guess my next weekly growth goal will not only be to launch it and deploy it, will actually be to start garnering feedback on the weekly growth goals application. Cool. And uh, my, my weekly growth goal was to move forward on those domains, uh, or at least one of them. So I did move forward on one of them. Uh, I found out that the, I think I told you guys last week, that using the registrar, uh, so this particular domain is registered with GoDaddy, using that registrar, GoDaddy's Whois service, I'm able to actually reach out by just clicking a button. I thought I was going to be able to send an email. Uh, I believe it may have been an email. Uh, I'm not sure what it sent out, but I wasn't like an email form like you would traditionally have where I actually like type out like, Hey there, I would like to buy this. It's actually sort of like uh, you fill in the blank. So it's like, you know, what is the reason for your contact? What is your email address? Why? Blah, 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 blah. And then it says, you know, we'll send this to the person, but they may not comply with your request for contact. 
So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, but I already did that. It was, you know, pretty simple, obviously, uh, not the biggest weekly growth goal, but something that I've just been kind of putting off. And we'll see what happens, whether I need to hire a brokerage service or whether I even decide to pursue it. Uh, we uh, remains to be seen. And we'll, of course, like I said, we'll see based on that. But uh, in other news, in my, you know, my next weekly growth goal, uh, I think I need to be a little bit harsher on myself and try to get something done that's a bit bigger. So I am, my weekly growth goal this week is going to be to actually literally complete the show notes uh, page, including the CMS on the HTML of Things website, post all the the goodies on Instagram, whether I announce, like if, I, if I'm successful, maybe I'll post the pictures after next week's episode. I'm not sure when I'll do that. That'll just be a social media decision, but I want to kind of have a, its own little photo shoot and actually show off some of the stuff because I've been working a little bit on the media player and I'm, and I'm finding myself with a little bit of time now. So I just want to get this damn thing done. Basically, at this point, I'm at th- I'm at that point of the project where like, let's just get this damn thing done. So get that done. Then that'll that'll accelerate the blog post. And then maybe we can start releasing this site to be actually public, but in piecemeal. But we'll see. So, yeah, I'm just enough enough screwing around. Uh, it's time to start getting some stuff done. We have a weekly growth goals app coming out web app coming out. So I really want to get this done as well. So that's that's basically where I'm at. Uh, but yeah, um, that's kind of where where that lies. And I think that really does conclude the episode. I mean, usually when I'm speech just like this, it means the episode was a good one. So congratulations, Mike. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, remember, we're on that Patreon. If you want to support the show, that's patreon.com slash HTML, the things check out the tiers and give that a go. And many thanks to our $3 tier patron, Sean from RabbitWorks JavaScript on youtube.com slash RabbitWorks JavaScript. Garrick from Local Path Computing and Web Design on localpathcomputing.com. Ryan Gatchel from Blue Black Digital on blueblackdigital.com. Chris from Selfmade Web Designer on selfmadewebdesigner.com. Tim from The Web Hacker on thewebhacker.com. DL Ford from dlford.io. Bib Hashdash from Nine Block Media on nineblockmedia.com. And Jason from Geek Life Radio via geekliferadio.com. Feel free to leave a comment or a review on the platform that you are listening to this on. And this outro will sign us off. You've been listening to HTML All The Things Podcast. Web development, web design, and small business. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from this show. And we hope you appreciate that we talk to you like human beings. And we hope you had some fun. We'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hit us up on social media. On Facebook, Instagram, and Patreon at HTML All The Things. And on Twitter at HTML Everything. Until next time, this is HTML All The Things. Signing off.